0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of The Pump Fake. I'm Jared Bailey from USA Today. Joining me today, VP of Sumer Sports, it's Eric Eager. It's good to see you, buddy. How are you?
0: Hey, things are good. Uh, the off season is uh, uh, almost over, so I can't complain much at all.
1: We are, yeah, we're, what, three weeks-ish now away from training camp? I think once we hit, like, 4th of July... the the rest of the summer kind of just flies by fast enough where all right preseason comes hall of fame stuff and then we're kind of in kind of in go mode until until february
0: yeah it's 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 crazy like during the off season you you certainly have a schedule um but your schedule is not nowhere near as like sort of regular as it is uh once you get to the season so uh you know for those of us that love structure uh the season is almost the perfect the perfect thing, um, and it's you know it's coming fast.
1: Yeah, and you know as the season gets closer, you know guys like you and I, we we start to predict, project, and uh, you know figure out what we think is going to happen. So what we're going to do, we'll get in our. We just did the uh, the NFC show with Amy Trask, and we're doing the AFC show of best case scenario, worst case scenario. Uh, we'll get in our our hot tub time machine. I'll present you with a scenario that, if it happened, we just kind of dis- just discuss how and why it happened. So we'll start in the AFC East. If I told you in February of 2024 that the Miami Dolphins missed the playoffs, why would that have happened?
0: Uh, I think, well, for one, I think they lose week one to the Chargers. That to me is like the one, like in week one, that actually is the best game because I think both teams need to win that game to like have, uh, you know, an upper hand because of how... Well, first the of all, to NFC win the, the, the
1: Twitter battle, to win the social media battle between the respective Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa fans that will clash which, in week one.
0: Which is unhinged, by the way. I can't believe, you know, uh, <laughs> it's so funny that we, we have no nuance on it. Uh, you know, Herbert, uh, very uh, probably the better quarterback, but hasn't been as efficient. Tua, uh, very efficient, has won more games, but obviously not quite as good. I, I would say, I mean, beyond that, you're probably looking at stuff like injuries to the defense. You're looking at stuff like injuries to Tua, uh, maybe a meltdown by Tyreek Hill. Although Tyreek Hill has never really melted down on his team other than off the field. So that yeah. would be you know uh, something that would be different. But to me, it, it's tough because I think Mike McDaniel is one where pretty sharp guy. We've seen a lot of disciples of Shanahan kind of have their time and kind of peter out a little bit. That would be another one. Uh, But for the most part, I think if their quarterback stays healthy and their defense stays healthy, they should be pretty – I mean, they should be a favorite to make the AFC playoffs.
1: I think that worst-case scenario for the Dolphins is Tua struggles with staying on the field, but also that the Jets are maybe a little bit better than people expect. Like, I think that the consensus on the Jets is – you know, Aaron Rodgers, good defense, they'll be in the mix for a playoff spot. But if the Jets are like, you know, on the same level as you know, the Bills, the the Bengals, the Chiefs, then they've got a real problem because then they've got two powerhouses inside their own division. I think they're gonna be better than New England. Um, and also, I mean, we, we talk about this a ton over the last year or so. It's you know, the AFC stacked. Like you still got to deal with it. You pointed out the Chargers, Baltimore. I think Pittsburgh will be better this year. Um and overall in the AFC, I don't think there's more than like three teams that you can say. All right, they absolutely won't be. They they definitely don't have like playoff aspirations. I think you you look at the the Texans and the Colts. You know, rookie situations, new head coaches. I think we can kind of rule them out. Um, and then outside of that, man, like maybe the Raiders too. Like I don't see too much with the Raiders, but. Outside of that, man, like everybody else, I mean, you can make a legit case for, yeah, you know, they'll be they'll be in the mix. And I think that if yeah. those teams are, you know, as, you know, if they live to their best expectations and the Dolphins have to compete with that, then that could be, you know, another outside factor, just, you know, trying to figure out the the wild card race.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the, the hard part about the AFC is the number of elite quarterbacks there are, yeah. right? And, and at least if you're the Dolphins, you, your quarterback's on a rookie contract, so even though he's not maybe a 10 out of 10, he can be a 7 out of 10 and compete because he's not making any money, yeah. and that's that's the one edge you have. But when you look at that conference with you know Burrow, uh, Allen, you know Herbert, Rogers, Russell Wilson, if you were to improve back to where I think people thought he was going to be, mm. and, and then obviously Patrick Mahomes, like it's just really hard to compete like that um, for for a long stretch of time. Now the Dolphins have had three straight winning seasons. Uh, and, you know, kind of uh, despite that in many ways. Um, but it, but it's, in, it's an interesting question to pose.
1: I am excited to see their defense, though. Uh, you know, adding Vic Fangio, trading for Jalen Ramsey. Um, I've seen plenty of people talk about, you know, that being maybe the addition of the offseason for any team. and I, We're going to see. I think a guy like Christian Wilkins is going to thrive in that system. So defensively for them, obviously Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb as well. I'm excited to see them on that side of the ball, if not more excited than than the offensive side, just to see what that can what that can look like. Um, we'll stick in the AFCs. We talked about the Jets a little bit. Uh, if I told you that the Jets made it to the playoffs and made it to the AFC Championship game, is that their best case scenario in your mind? Because I, I think Rodgers obviously makes them better. But I don't see them as like an AFC. I, I have to see them prove it. You know, to be able to consider, yeah, they'll be in the conversation of the Bengals and Chiefs and and the Bills. I think that their best case scenario is probably getting to the AFC title game, losing to one of those three others.
0: Yeah, you know, with a quarterback like that, though, it's, I think the the ceiling is the Super Bowl. And we, you know, with, with Brady in 2020, it was sort of like he was coming off a 2019 season where now their defense is a lot better than the 2022 Packers, but you know, a lot of the efficiency stats for Rodgers and Green Bay's final year and Brady in his last New England year were similar. You also had a similarity where the New Orleans Saints were kind of where Buffalo was, where they're, you know, winning 10, 13 games every year. They're kind of getting over the hump. They'd have these playoff losses. So the Saints lost to what they lost to the Vikings in 19, yeah. the Rams in 18, the Vikings in 17, right? So you have this this team that's great but not getting over the hump, a la Buffalo, yeah. and you know that t- that New Orleans team spanked Tampa Bay twice in the regular season, and then runs out of gas in the divisional round, loses to them after some turnovers and some weirdness there. And I can see that, right? I I can see Rodgers. Look, the Rodgers only Rodgers Super Bowl in his entire career came out of the sixth seed. Uh, I I I can see even if they don't win that division, but they kind of mess around for a whole year. The Jets, much like that Tampa Bay team roster wise a stat you look at you know two rookies of the year out there offensive lines a little messy but you know defensively just really good talent everywhere uh, i could see the jets winning the super bowl and i think the, probably the best path for them would be kind of to sneak up on people after we're kind of like oh yeah that's cute that rogers is playing for the jets but it's still the bills it's still the bills uh division it's still the bills conference all la what we said about new orleans uh just a couple years ago
1: and I like the point that you made there, like sneaking up on people, um, because I see some people kind of making the Jaguars, like the hipster pick to kind of potentially be the number one overall seed in the AFC. And if they run into the Jets, I think I like the Jets better than the Jaguars overall.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think, um, you know, what Rodgers has lost a lot of home playoff games in the yeah. In, uh, in the playoffs. A lot of that is the cold. We saw Brett Favre, who was once at one time, like the cold play. He was a football player of quarterbacks. And then <laughs> as he got older, you remember that Chicago game in the, yeah. uh, in the late 2017. And then he had, or 20, 2007, I'm sorry. Then they had the really bad game against the Giants in the NFC title game. Like he kind of got, he became a, a warm weather quarterback. And, yeah. you know, I think Rodgers maybe not a warm weather quarterback, but, yeah. Like if he were to go to Jacksonville, right, and then he were to go, let's say he were to go to Cincinnati or somewhere that's maybe not quite as onerous to go to, he could sneak up. Like I said, sneak up there, and and again, like you know, we've I love Kansas City; they're my favorite team. But you're telling me that the Chiefs are incapable of losing to the Jets at home in the AFC title game? Like, no, they've lost to the Bank. They've lost, they've blown leads at home uh, in the AFC title game twice. So I, I you look, it's it's a tail event. But Rodgers is a good enough quarterback where I think anything's possible. And if you're Joe Douglas, Robert Salah, and the Jets, that was your only out, right? Like, you've done everything to get this team to be good, and you needed a, a quarterback to obviously, um, you know, be, be that last piece. And, and I think Rodgers is capable of that.
1: You know, we talk about the symmetry between Favre and Rodgers and whatnot, obviously going from Green Bay to New York. But in both situations, Eric Eager, there's been a, a Jets quarterback that has gone to Miami because Chad Pennington went to the Dolphins. Now Mike White with the Jets. I just think it would be a hilarious line of symmetry if somewhere down the road in 2023, if Mike White somehow like prevents the Jets from getting into the playoffs, just how perfect that would be all wrapped up in a nice, neat little ribbon. Um, for or team- Zach
0: Wilson had to start a game or two. Cause Rodgers had uh, like a COVID or a concussion or something. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it and it blew up in their face, but You know, it's interesting, like, there's so many parallels. I mean, even think about, like, Zach Wilson, you know, much like a previous BYU quarterback who really struggled coming out of the gate in the NFL, Steve Young, like, sitting behind uh, an all-timer the way that Young did with Montana, might be able to, like, resurrect his career. I was always a big Zach Wilson fan, so I'm sort of rooting for my prediction a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, there's so many interesting things, you know, even to – uh, again, the fact that Rodgers went from Green Bay to New York, similar to his prede- predecessor in Favre.
1: we will go to the AFC North now. Um, you, know, you said that you're a Chiefs guy. I'm a Steelers guy. And when I do, I do two of them a year, game-by-game game predictions to you know just you know give my thoughts overall. And I said that I think the Steelers will win the AFC North. And I think a lot of Bengals fans, Ravens fans, are like, oh, you think they're a better team than than Cincinnati, Baltimore? No. I think that the Bengals are a better team than Pittsburgh, Steelers have a much easier road to get there. A really good defense as well still. They got better on the offensive line, uh, both um, in free agency uh, and the draft. And you know, Pickens, Johnson, Pat Frymouth, they bring in Darnell Washington. I, I like what they did a lot, and I think it was a really productive offseason for them, a team that was you know, a win away or a, a Dolphins loss away from being the seventh seed last year after a slow start. Um, if Kenny Pickett can take a little bit of a leap forward and just – if Pickett just doesn't mess things up and everything else lives up to its potential, then I think the Steelers are a playoff team. I think best case scenario for them is hosting a playoff game, potentially stealing one, and then being out in the divisional round. I think worst case scenario is Kenny Pickett doesn't really take much of a step forward. They're hovering around nine wins and they miss out on the playoffs again.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I I think that they've done some good things bringing in Patrick Peterson, as a veteran guy, he was a really good addition to the Vikings. Somebody who I thought, you know, he was a little bit over the hill. You know, they they obviously go with Porter Jr. Uh, also to complement him. Keanu Neal might be a little bit over the hill at linebacker. I think that they're uh, with Aland and Roberts and you know you know missing out that you know that kind of middle of the field stuff. But look, Hayward is a, what a top three defensive interior player in all of football. Obviously, Watson, elite player. Uh, And then, you know, offensive side of the ball, he's got guys to throw to Um, even Demarcus Robinson, who I think, you know, as a Chiefs fan was, you know, underwhelming, you know, had a somewhat productive season last year for the Ravens, interestingly. So, you know, getting rid of Matt Canada was also probably smart. I think that Pickett, you know, I think Najee Harris, it probably has one or two more years of being an elite talent. And so. You know there there's some something there. There the issue is is this division's probably the best in all of football. Like I think yeah. when I looked at my projected wins, it had the most wins of any division uh, when you added up the simulation. So it, it's just going to be hard. But you look at the rest of the division. You know Cleveland has leaks. I think they have actually Cleveland has the most robust roster of the entire uh, division. Um Bal- you know Baltimore is very very fragile because you just don't know. What's going to happen with Lamar? I think they have a huge ceiling, but the, the the Steelers don't really care about the ceiling of the of any of these teams, right? They they're trying to capitalize on the floor, and the floor is low for Baltimore. Um, and I think Cincinnati, we saw like they had a really good comeback from a really slow start last year, and Steelers were a beneficiary of it, especially Week One. Um, but they, they have some fragility too, as they, as they, you know, belly up to pay, pay Burrow and, and, you know, that offensive line, you know, them thinking that Orlando Brown is the, is the second coming of Anthony Munoz. I think that that's, you know, there, there is some things that the Steelers can do. I think at their current prices, they're probably, they probably are a value.
1: Yeah. And you brought up Baltimore as well. Like it, I've talked about this on previous shows too. Like the fact that we're treating the Odell Beckham junior signing at his current age and his current state as like, oh, my goodness, Baltimore finally getting Lamar Jackson some help. I think that speaks to the just pure lack of weapons that they've had at receiver uh, in Lamar's tenure. But, you know, the thing with them, and you pointed it out is, yeah, they could possibly be very talented and very explosive. But how many games are they all going to be on the field together? Because we've seen Lamar's dealt with injury issues. Odell, obviously Rashad Bateman's got the ankle um they draft zay flowers which move i really liked a lot i think zay flowers is going to be really good and then their defensive front seven is going to be really good uh the sale of questions on the back end outside of marlon humphrey at corner so baltimore i think their best case is hey deep playoff run everybody stays healthy they might be able to be a super bowl contender they got good coaching and whatnot good players i think worst case is what we've seen the past two seasons everybody gets hurt and they're a wild card out again
0: or even not in the playoffs, as you know, yeah. the Steelers were beneficiaries of that in 2021. So yeah, it, it's it's not a lock that they'll be great. I do like Monk uh, I think that obviously the last time he was able to call plays for a team like Ryan Fitzpatrick led the league in yards per play. So there there is some there there is something good going on there, um, but you know wins and here's the the sneaky thing the injuries in baltimore are not random i i think that one of the, the the weird things is like this is a team that has really struggled with um this is a team that's really struggled with you know staying healthy and it doesn't appear that they're doing anything about it so uh that that would also be a leak that i think people need to you know sort of sort of look at one of the other things Um, is that every one of these uh, teams in this division save, um, Cincinnati has the hardest schedule, but every one of these teams in this division has a schedule that per game is easier than the average schedule. And Mm -hmm. and so Pittsburgh right now, you know, their average game is about a third of a point easier on the point spread than the average team on a neutral field. Uh, Baltimore and Cleveland are similar to that as well. So even if they don't win the division, they'll be in the hunt for a wild card again because they'll pick up some wins that teams in other divisions don't have the luxury of picking up.
1: Yeah, I believe that the AFC North plays the AFC South and the NFC West this year. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of winnable games uh, yep. for, both of the, for both of those divisions. Cleveland is, I think, everybody's wild card right now. Just we don't know. It depends on Deshaun Watson. Uh, we They have the guys. They have the bodies. They have the roster. Um, what's he going to look like? Um, and if they do meet that worst-case scenario where they're on the outside looking in again, is that – you know, as that wraps for Kevin Stefanski as head coach, um, I think there was definitely glimpses. Uh, if you go back and watch the Washington game, especially the chemistry that he was building with Donovan Peoples-Jones, there was something there. There's still something there. And um, the offense is going to continue to revolve around the run game and Nick Chubb, I think. They trade for Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper still there, Peoples-Jones. They've got guys. It's just all right. What can the quarterback do? what is what's what is the best case scenario for the browns in your in your mind?
0: well, i I think they have Super Bowl caliber talent. I mean, they, yeah. you know this this is a team, you know, with you add Cooper, Elijah Moore, you know David and a guy that came on. He was a classic you know, like analytics sort of buy-in where you probably wouldn't have if they would have had the same analytical bend when they drafted him in seventeen, they probably wouldn't have. but the looking at all of his me- measurables and metrics, it made a lot of sense to sign him to what they did. And he was really, really good last year. Offensive line's good, especially uh, in the interior. Um, and then you look at the defense, there's a lot of a lot to like with Ward and, and you know, John, uh, Uso Kouamora and obviously Garrett. And then you add, you know, Z'Darrius Smith. Hopefully he'll be able to be a part-time enough player where he doesn't fall off the same way he did in Minnesota last year at the end. And so, so there's a lot there. The, the question is, is like Ken Stefanski, go from the offense that he's had in Minnesota and then early early Cleveland where the quarterback's limited enough where everything's about running play action, turning your back to the defense and, and throwing you know the stuff over the middle, whereas Watson's much more of a stand-in shotgun, kind of empty sometimes and pick apart a defense that way. You, when you watch the the Browns games, and it was even like from the preseason, but like especially at the end, it just didn't look comfortable. I think Stefanski's going to have to be the one that molds into Watson versus the other way around, and that's a good question that you had about whether or not he can do that and whether or not he's the long-term answer. Because the it, it, this is this is turned into the NBA. Like you're firing the coach and yeah. not the player if that player's the quarterback making the the fully guaranteed money. So that that to me is the one question. But the absolute ceiling, yeah, they're a Super Bowl team.
1: Yeah, you pointed out like if one of them's going to go, it isn't going to be the guy that gave two hundred thirty million dollars to. So. It'll be – this division, I think there's parallels last year uh, you know, with the discussions and the conversations about the AFC North to last year with the AFC West. But in all likelihood, we saw what happened with the AFC West last year. Two of them were bad. I just – I have a hard time seeing more than one team being bad in the AFC North, and if I have to pick the one that I think is going to be bad, it's the one who's historically shown that they're going to be bad, and it's Cleveland. So they are definitely the uh, an interesting division here. We talked about yeah, Jacksonville a little. Go ahead.
0: 1989, by the way, last time the Browns won a division.
1: That is insane. It's it's crazy now that in the way that the division is currently aligned, that the Tennessee Titans have a more recent AFC Central slash North Division title than the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers have all won the NFC West more recently <laughs> than the Browns won a division, which is kind of insane to think about. But, yeah, and – you know, obviously the um, it, it's just been tough for them. I mean, they they've had some pop up seasons, and you know, and they do a good job of picking players. I think getting the quarterback right is, has been their biggest problem. And now that they in theory have done so, um, it, it it still isn't quite right, right? Like Watson still has to be, uh, I think, a little bit better um, than he has been in order for them to have success.
1: I agree. Um, we talked about Jacksonville a little bit already. They have the easiest road uh to a playoff berth playing in a division that has it's going to start two potentially three rookie quarterbacks at some point throughout the year depending on what tennessee does with will levis um but the second half of last year we really saw trevor lawrence show the world that yeah i was worth the hype i think that baltimore game in which they come back from behind and he makes just a ton of throws in the fourth quarter to help them win the game was kind of the uh I don't know the monkey off the back type situation in Jacksonville where they finally were saying yes this is what we drafted this guy for. Um year 2 with Doug I think that's going to make a, even more of a world of a difference because we we know what both of those guys are capable of. I think there's still a few questions on the on their uh in their defensive backfield, but offensively it's going to be fireworks I would assume. I think the best case scenario for them is potentially again a trip to the AFC Championship game. Uh, worst-case scenario, a one-and-done. I don't see a world where they don't make the playoffs unless somebody gets – unless something happens to Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, the Colts are the one leak, I think, in that division. It's weird because everybody talks – and they're like minus 160, minus 170 to win it, so they're a clear favorite. and I, mm-hmm. I would put it more like even money, uh, just given kind of what can go wrong in the NFL and, and – you know the the hard part when you're the favorite, and this is true about Detroit. This is true about you know Jacksonville historical teams that have struggled. Like this is only the second time Jacksonville's won this division since the turn of the century. So like this this is not a team that has historically done this, and yeah. they were similarly favored in 18 uh, coming off of the Blake Bortles year. Now we all believe that Lawrence is better than Bortles, and I think that that's fair. But when you look at you know for example Houston, they have a pretty good defense. If you look at like the He's just got guys, scenario. like
1: quietly they have guys.
0: Yeah. And then you add to that kind of that, that strong link player in Will Anderson, that and, and Derek Stingley hopefully coming, you know, coming on and being a third overall pick type guy, they could be a problem. And then, you know, Indianapolis to me, you have a coach who has coached Hertz to a Super Bowl and Herbert to yeah. rookie of the year, and you have a guy that at his very ceiling could be both those players, right? And, and Anthony Richardson. So that's that's a tough one. And then I think the Titans maybe are the weakest team, even though their win total isn't, is not second most in the division. Uh, but they're a team like you know, Vrabel gets that team to play with much worse players than their record. So th- that's, the, that's where I see the leak, because if you grade it all out, Jacksonville's pretty good. I mean, you, their offensive line, now they do lose Cam Robinson for the first four with PEDs. Yeah. They're replacing Jawan Taylor, who had become a pretty decent right tackle, with Anton Harrison, who's a rookie that's always a little speculative to do. And then, but at wide receiver, like Zay Jones and uh, Christian Kirk were pretty good together last year with Evan Ingram. You add to that Calvin Ridley. The one thing I, I do, and this is not easy to talk about when we talk about making predictions and stuff, you do have to consider this. Ridley's issues in Atlanta, while he was an amazing player, Ridley's issues in Atlanta were not just sports betting, they were also him leaving the team for mental health issues, which again, we, we, we support those people. We we want to be a, a, a we want to invite them to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But when handicapping a team, that has you add to add some probability to that happening. So that's that's one thing I'm worried about. Etienne's another one. They gave Etienne 299 touches last year, and that was after he didn't start the first five games. So that's another one where what happens if he gets banged up because he already missed a year? Do they have a backfield guy that can be as durable? And, and, and as everything there, that's well, that's you, you ask some
1: there. people and they say Tank Bigsby is coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, that's okay. Yeah, he's, he's one where, and then we did a, we did a, yeah. myself and Thomas Dimitrov, my boss did a video on him. He's good. I don't know if like, I trust Thomas's eye a lot. He wasn't enamored with him, but yeah, I do know a lot of people in the fantasy community like him. And the, nice. and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that the Jaguars, even though Etienne, like an average 5.1 yards a carry was a weird 5.1 where the efficiency, the EPA and all that stuff was not the greatest. And so it's just interesting. Peterson is a very good coach, but he does run the ball a little bit too much on early downs, which kind of killed them in Philly when Wentz was not doing the superhuman human stuff on third down like he did in 2017. So there's, again, the Jags are favored. They should be favored to win that division, but I think it's closer to 50-50 than it is kind of where the market has them at right now.
1: And I liked the points that you made about Houston too, because you know you mentioned Stingley, that Jalen Petrie, that Jimmy Ward comes over with D'Amico Ryans. Uh, and then, then they add Will Anderson. They also got two really good tackles and Tunsil and Howard. Like I think Stroud's going to mostly remain upright and that won't be too much of a problem. If Tank Dell turns out to be a solid draft pick as well at receiver, like, they have a clear vision in Houston, and we'll see how good of a head coach D'Amico Ryans is. We'll see how good an OC Bobby Sloak is. I- I'm excited for the first time in a while to actually watch the Texans play football, which is, you know, the, the past two years, we haven't really been able to say that. Um, so it- they'll be an interesting case. What's the best case scenario for them? And what's the worst case scenario for for Houston?
0: I, I think a 10-7 and 7 type of year where we all are like, oh, hey, look, all this- <laughs> kind of a Bengals-ish like. Not not postseason that year, because I don't know if Stroud's capable of that, okay. but the, the Bengals in 2021, where it's kind of like, oh, look, the Ravens got hurt, oh, look, the Steelers are kind of not that good, even though the Steelers made the playoffs that year, and then the Browns are kind of, like, the Browns implode, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see a situation where maybe Jacksonville comes into the season, and, and the kind of the stuff I said could go wrong for them does, and they go 9-8, 8-9, and eight, eight and that type of thing, and you know, Anthony Richardson is as bad as his naysayers say he is, and the Titans don't have that talent. They go to Levis early on and it's a a horror show. I think Houston can win 10 10 games or so. When I look at their strength of schedule, and again, like this is huge, like last year, this would have identified, you know, when I talked about the New York Giants, they were a game that every game was a point easier on the point spread per Mm -hmm. game than the average team on a neutral field. Giants win total was seven. It was a pretty solid you know, bet over that only Atlanta and New Orleans have easier schedules this year than Houston does. Houston has per game 0. 0.92 points easier than the average team on a neutral field. So that's one again where, you know, if they go 10 and seven, you know, it, it would it would not shock me. It would be fun. And um, it would be a little bit weird to see how they how they went in the playoffs because, kind of overmatched, but especially at wide receiver. You said tank Dell, but like you look at the current starters for them at wide receiver, and that to me is the one place that's like CJ Stroud has never played. He's got great tackles. He had great tackles at Ohio State. He's yeah. never kind of had this lack of ability at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean it's what Nico Collins, it's
0: Robert Woods.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did bring over Bobby Trees. So it's yeah, not the best receiving group in football. Um I think
0: the tight end guy, Oklahoma. O- They're in Dalton Schultz. Yeah. And, and, right. And, and Schultz and, and, yeah. I mean, if their tight ends play well, they could be okay. Cause, um, the one kid was 2.6 yards per route run last year, which is best in the NFL among tight ends. Uh, obviously with low, he had low, um, snap counts and stuff, but he was very efficient. Uh, so there, there's, like I said, there's a path for, for Houston to be pretty good.
1: Going to the AC West, um, we talked about them a little bit, but their week one game against the Miami Dolphins is going to be just a hellscape on social media. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, after the wild card loss to Jacksonville, I think a lot of people were calling for Brandon Staley's head, and rightfully so. Um, but Joe Lombardi ends up being the scapegoat. They luck into getting Kellen Moore, who ends up being a scapegoat in Dallas. And so they bring him in at offensive coordinator. They bring in Quentin Johnson in the draft to go along with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like there's a similar situation with Cleveland where they have the guys, their problem has, hasn't necessarily been has been more health related where these guys just don't stay healthy. And plus Brandon Staley's made a lot of questionable decisions as, um, as a head coach. I think health has been the big question for the Chargers. where, all right, got JC Jackson up oh, bum ankle. He's gone most of the year. All right. Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa, both of them dealing with injuries. Derwin James is always, you know, you're walking on thin ice with, with him in terms of injuries. And then Mike Williams and Keenan Allen dealt with it as well. Like at some point, like DeAndre Carter was Justin Herbert's number one receiver at one point last year. They they if they stay healthy and Brandon Staley doesn't Brandon Staley, I think that they they could be a playoff team. But I've drank – I've drank the cool, the Kool Aid from the Chargers in far too many case scenarios, and they've let me down before. I have a hard time doing it, even though I think their quarterback's really good.
0: Yeah. I, by the way, I have to correct myself that Okawanu, the tight end, he plays for Tennessee. I know people will shout at me at the, in the comments <laughs> if I don't correct myself. Um, but that, you know, I uh, missed that one. I, I look, the, the Chargers, Rashawn Slater missed last year too. He like, did it a lot. yeah. Big issues. Like when you look at, Every single year, there's always something with the Chargers. Now, as a Chiefs fan, you laugh at that kind of stuff. But you also – I'm also a little worried because I don't think that that many people are all on the Chargers this year. Like, you don't see everybody – like, I think they learned their lesson last year where, yeah. like, half of NFL.com analysts picked the Chargers to win the division and half, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, Jamie Erdahl picked the Chiefs to miss the playoffs. Like, I don't think that, like, any – I think that the Chiefs earned their respect winning a Super Bowl in, like, a rebuild year which is crazy. I look at Kellen Moore, I think to myself like what could, what has Kellen Moore done that has earned any sort of disrepute in the NFL? Because when when I he took over, they they led the NFL in yards per play. When when Dak was healthy in 2020, they were one of the most efficient offenses, you know, in the league. And then, you know, he got hurt and they kind of fought their way back. Then 2021, Dak was Blazing everybody. Then he has the calf injury. They win a game at and in in Minnesota versus Cooper, with Cooper Rush as the quarterback. And then Dak's never really the same. You had that weird play call where Dak ran a quarterback draw with no timeouts and all that stuff when they were in San Fran. I think that that hurts a little bit. And then last year, no no deep threat when they lost Cooper. Um, they get the and yet they're still really efficient, and he's still like they're always in the upper tier, even though Dak Prescott, I think all of us believe he's maybe a step below that, that elite passer. Yeah. And Moore has just always kept that Dallas team in a, in like a group of really efficient offenses. And and that's what Zeke falling off. That's what the offensive line kind of needing pieces in and out with Tyron Smith and stuff. And so you bring them over to Los Angeles and I'm not saying Joe Lombardi, Joe Lombardi gets too much flack because everybody wants Herbert to be the next best thing. And so Ooh. they all like, Pushed all the negativity onto him, but I do think I don't think he was great. And so you add more into the into the mix. Staley is still really good at in-game decision making. When you think about timeouts, delays the game, and all that, he like backslid on fourth downs last year, which was tough to watch. If he even like reverts halfway back to his first year, they're going to get an edge there. And then it's just all about staying healthy, which we know the Chargers are just terrible at. So it, it, you know their injury luck away from I think being a twelve-win team and challenging Kansas city for that division. It's just, we've just, there, there's a million, like the chiefs have a million ways to win. The chargers have a million ways to lose. And that's mm. always like the difference between those two teams.
1: I like the way that you put that. Definitely. Um, again, I, I agree with you that I haven't seen too many pundits being, you know, pounding the table for the chargers this year. Cause I think that a lot of them do have buyer's remorse when it comes to, you know, doing it in 2022. Um, and I think it's a lot of the same song and dance that we've done with Justin Herbert. Like we know the talent is there. It's about making it happen. You mentioned the, effic- the efficiency thing with Tua. And I, that was a good point where Herbert has more talent. We just need to see it more from an efficiency standpoint. Um, now we'll see. We'll see what the offense does this year. Having a guy like that, they're always going to be fun to watch. They're always going to be, you know, a team that you pay attention to. Um, but it would be interesting. Sticking with um, the AFC West, though, the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that a lot of people, most people would probably put them in contention for being a top five, having a top five pick in the 2024 draft. Um, They go at best. They go lateral by, you know, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, getting rid of Derek Carr. Devontae Adams seems angry. Um, And if you can name more than five Raiders defenders without saying Chandler Jones or Max Crosby, you deserve a medal. Um, I don't know what they're going to look like, man, but I don't think it's going to be good. I think best case scenario for them is they're at least somewhat competitive and sneaky fun. Um, but I don't see more than seven wins for them. I think worst case scenario, they're drafting in the top three.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I, I agree with you. Let me look at where we are from, a uh, a predictive perspective because it doesn't, and, and this is, it's sort of sad for Josh McDaniel because, you know, he kind of had the same thing happen to him when he was in, the, in, um, when he was in uh, Denver, where that second year is just going to, it might be so bad that he doesn't even make it. Um, We have them about seven and a half wins. They do have a tough schedule, about a half a point harder than the average team on a neutral field, just a 26% chance to make the playoffs. So it doesn't look good. Um, I think that the hardest part for them is, is I don't know if this season gets them anywhere, right? What I mean is like with Green Bay, for example, you're figuring out about Jordan Love and, and yeah. Matt LaFleur. How good is Matt LaFleur, right? How good is Jordan Love? You're figuring that out. Uh, in Chicago, same thing with their quarterback. Uh, Indianapolis, Houston, uh, Tennessee, you're figuring those things out. Like, what information do you gather about a year where you're starting Jimmy Garoppolo and no one really behind him uh, of any sort of, like, of any, of you know, There's there's really no, like, plan there. And so I get worried about, like, what really are you learning from this season? Because to me, that's the worst case scenario. You win seven games, you get, like, the sixth pick in the draft, seventh pick in the draft, and you kind of learn nothing about your young players and young players that you really never had because Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden kind of pissed away all those picks. Sure. Then what are you really, you know, what are you really learning? Because if you're in a division with the Broncos, who I think are going to be pretty good, uh, the chargers we just discussed pretty good chiefs, obviously best team in football, probably then your best thing to do is to win two or three games, learn something about a bunch of your players, get a high draft pick and, and move forward. I just don't know if that's going to be, I think they're going to be too good to do that, which is, which is unfortunate.
1: See, I think, I think we might be a little bit on the opposite ends of this. Cause I think by like week seven, Devontae Adams is going to hate Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going <laughs> to get overthrown on the sideline. Once again, and he's just, just going to snap. Um,
0: but, but what does that do? Like that doesn't. There's not like who's their backup? They don't really have a backup. That I mean, was it uh, Hoyer? Like they don't really have a backup. Yeah, I think
1: they brought in Hoyer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like they, so that's cool that we we learned like, but there's nothing to build off of. And uh, you know you could say the same thing about Minnesota, right? With Cousins, you can say the same thing about some of these other teams that have kind of mid guys that, you know, uh, you know even with like in Detroit. Like if Jared Goff completely falls off the table, like you're gonna play head and hook or at least find out what that what that pick was yeah. worth. In Tennessee, you found out that Malik Willis couldn't play, right? We found that out right away. And this team, I, I mean, Tyree Wilson is kind of like maybe the one piece that you can build around and, sure. and, and sort of see whether or not he's good, but
1: maybe I, Trevon is defending.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's it's tough.
1: It is very tough, especially in that division where you gotta play Kansas City twice a year and they like Andy Reid went out of his way to do like a small Broadway production before a play last season just to rub it in your face because he knew that he could. The Chargers are still going to be viable. We'll see with Denver. Um, Denver to me is fascinating in so many ways because we know that they have the talent defensively. Um, I, I can't remember what the number was, but. If the Broncos had scored like or averaged like a point and a half more per game, they would have gone like 12 and five last season or something ridiculous like that, where they just couldn't score. And the defense was playing balls to the wall every week and they just couldn't do anything offensively. I think Sean Payton is probably good for that point and a half at least. Um, and I think that they're going to lean more into running the ball. I think we've kind of seen that with the way they've built their team this this offseason, bringing in a guy like Mike McGlinchey who comes from a, a run-centric system, with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. And I think a lot of people, you know, my buddy J.P. Acosta saying, pounding the table, go get Dalvin Cook and have a committee of running backs and don't make the offense, you know, let Russ Cook. I think that having Russ just serve TV dinners is what this offense kind of needs this year.
0: A hundred, I, I think it's incredibly well said. You know, two good tackles. Uh, interior players who i think can play obviously wide receivers out there they've had some injuries i think quietly uh, they then- might
1: have the best like quartet of receivers in the nfl like, they go four or five deep and those are all legit guys
0: yep and then i mean at tight end Dulcich is okay too like and then defensively i think that the one thing is a evero like does is his loss a big loss i think so and, and can they get edge pressure they got rid of bradley chubb in the middle of last season so you're looking at randy gregory and what's left of Frank Clark, which is a Chiefs fan. I can tell you, like, if you get into late January, there's a lot left. But yeah. <laughs> besides that, there's not much play, you know, play for play. So I'm a little like, but we're looking at a guy in in Sean Payton that two years ago started Trevor Simeon, Ian mm. Book, Jameis Winston. And I mean, that guy, and, and then obviously Taysom Hill at quarterback and went nine and eight. I mean, they're making the playoffs in 2021 if the Niners don't come back from 17 down against the Rams in week 18. So I, I think Peyton was worth every penny as far as the acquisition. I think that he'll do, he'll do the thing there. Um, I also think Wilson, you know, and, and I don't, I I don't mean to, you know, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are not the same player, but they have a lot of this, some of the, some of the same things in terms of height and and all that kind of stuff. So I think Wilson will be fine. It's hard for me to imagine a guy being so good and for it
1: just to completely down, falling really off is. a cliff,
0: especially because Seattle had more than one offensive coordinator. It'd be different if he had one offensive coordinator the whole time sure. and that marriage broke up and they're like, Oh, okay. That was the one variable. But Russ like had a bunch of OCs that, you know, ultimately got similar production out of him. And so I think he'll be better. And especially because last season, I can think some of it was physical I think that they'll win 10 games this year. I I do think the Broncos at two to one, I think are the best bet among AFC teams that are beyond even money to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. You know, when I did the first, you know, game by game stuff, I think I'm going eight and nine, but the more I think about it, man, when I do the final iteration of those, they might be a playoff team in my mind, simply because, you know, the head coach makes that much of difference. If they can just score a little bit more, like that defense is really good. I'm with you too, having a hard time believing that a guy who had a Hall of Fame trajectory could just fall off and just be horrible. Um, I think a lot of it was Nathaniel Hackett just not being the guy for the job. um, And the fact that they got rid of him as fast as they could uh, speaks volumes. Denver is, if not the most fascinating team in the conference, definitely among them.
0: Yeah, I the only thing for me that's tough is it's so crowded, right? So you, so sure. for them to make the playoffs, you basically need one team out of the south, which is reasonable, and you need a meltdown or two out of the east and the and the and the north. And that that, you know, there's enough good quarterbacks, like the mel- the mo- the biggest meltdown proof player on a team is the quarterback and it so it's hard to see like a team like Buffalo, New York, um you know, obviously, you know, but Baltimore has the injury position there, but Cincinnati, Cleveland, like they they need a few of those teams to melt down so that they can get in there because it's going to be hard for them to go better than like two and two against the Chiefs and the Chargers. But they haven't beaten the Chiefs since week two of 2015. So it, it's not it's not a task that they're up to all, all that often.
1: Very much true. Eric Giger, Sumer, Sumer Sports. Hey, it was good doing this with you, my friend. What do you got? What do you have coming uh, over on Sumer Sports in the coming days?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we have the Sumer Sports Show, myself and Thomas Smith. We've been letting some other people take the show a little bit this summer. So Thomas and I have been doing it about once a week. And then uh, we do a Wednesday show, a Friday show and a Monday show. Uh, We're going to sumersports.com for some really cool content. We had an article the other day by Sean Syed about uh, Shanahan's schemes, which was was amazing. Uh, And we're going to have more stats pages and stuff like that. And some really cool content. We're going to bring on some writers this fall. So I'm extremely excited about our direction and I'm pumped about this football season. Cause it's just, you know, the, the, the league is, is such an interesting uh, group now that, you know, the conferences are so misaligned and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's fun to kind of talk about uh, where, where all the teams are going. All
1: right, I'm looking forward to seeing you continuing your success. Looking forward to keeping up with it. Thank you everybody for tuning in and listening, go back and listen to the last episode with Ross Jackson and Amy Trask. It's the pump fake. We'll see you soon. Eric, buddy, this is a lot of fun.
0: Hey, this was, this was great. Thanks for having me.
1: See you guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.